a stu stu studio D production. I love soap operas. Just the idea of how melodramatic they are. They are. They're great. And like when I play The Sims, I play The Sims as if my Sims are in a soap opera because <laughs> crazy That's shit's great. always happening. <laughs> That's great. You do come up with a really good backstory. If we ever get that podcast going, <laughs> which uh, we may just have to start it remotely at this point, but yeah. um, if we can, but if we ever get it going, you guys will admire Hannah's backstory for everything. It was <laughs> everything. so dramatic. Me, it I'll have like, the, the most uh, decorated house maybe on the block because I get really into like the houses and the architecture and stuff, but then I get bored. And then I kill everybody. That's usually what I'm doing. I'm just like murdering <laughs> everyone. Don't have time to come up with a backstory. Trying to build a graveyard. I thought that the tarot cards told you what to do. Well, yeah, we're gonna give us guidance. Yeah, but we're still gonna have to decide for ourselves exactly how we want to play mm-hmm. it. So and see the most like my longest family that I've been playing as in The Sims Four, which is like seven generations long like they're the ones that have all the super crazy shit happening and i like went (laughs) when we recorded the last time for our sims podcast uh i opened up the family tree and like showed bell and mom and went on like an hour-long tangent (laughs) about the entire backstory of every single sim that i've ever had in that family (laughs) yeah i just have things like i i decide i want like every kind of ghost on a certain property. So I'll come up with a story so that I have a reason for like all these people to die. So it's just shit like that. Or I want to, I'm just weird shit. Hannah's drink pouring. <laughs> oh, Did you hear it? <laughs> yes. yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are we going to have a podcast? Are we going to have a podcast? Have a podcast. Are we gonna have a nonsense? down, I wanna tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. With murdering ghosts and gobbly ghouls. It's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled. It's after family story time. The podcast. Can I just say really quick before we start that the first time that Kelly used the chat feature, it was like, Bell, turn your camera off and turn it back on. I was like, fuck. I was like, who's talking to me? I was like, how's that happening? I was like, what is going on? I can see you, Bell. Hi, everyone. Welcome to F Dub's Family Storytime, the podcast, Quarantine Edition. I'm Hannah. And I'm Salem. And with us today, we've got everybody. We've got introduce yourselves in whatever order you so please. <laughs> All at the same time, go! I was just going to say everybody at once. I'm Salem. Wait, I already introduced myself. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm Salem. Wait, no, that's not me. My name is Rod. <laughs> I'm Rod and I like to party. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kevin. I'm Kevin, and I like to party. <laughs> All right. We have Jesse. So, Well. What up, guys? And Kelly. I like how we just didn't listen to your directions, and you had to introduce <laughs> us anyway. We just decided to go our own way. All right, so 
We are recording this remotely. I don't know. Um, you probably can tell with the audio. I'm hoping it'll be interesting. Um, and that's why we can have all five people here, which is kind of cool. So, you know, the last few weeks have been kind of difficult for everybody. Probably a lot of difficult for some people. And uh, I was thinking maybe we could all share a little bit of our experiences in like what we've been doing these last two weeks, how it's affected us. I know that some of us are working. Some of us are working from home. Some of us took some time off. So Some were forced to take time off. Some were forced to take time off, yeah. Start there. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. I get a three-month unpaid vacation, so woohoo. Maybe get unemployment. But at, when I went in during my designated time for my letter of the alphabet, they had a message now saying that they're not accepting anything for COVID-related unemployment until they receive federal guidance. Oh. So our, I can't even apply. The state says if you're applying for any COVID-related unemployment, don't, because we won't honor it until we receive federal guidance. But That's the stimulus awesome. is going to help with that federal guidance, because there's lo- rules in the stimulus bill thing that yeah. passed that talk about how actually you should be able to make almost all of your money during your so, unemployment time. So we'll see. Get to paint my bathroom finally. I bought all that crap when I got laid off last time. Woo woo. Yeah. Well, it's good to look at the positive of what, you know, seriously, you know, there's some things that are good out of every bad situation, you know? So, What about you, Kelly? I know you're still working. Yeah, I'm working from home. It's kind of crummy because everything I do is about children and families and teachers, and I don't get to see children and families and teachers right now. Um, but you know, trying to get some projects done that I don't usually have time for Matt and I have been (laughs) having a lot of zoom calls for both of our jobs. So we put up a curtain behind our, like in between our desks in our office space so that we won't be in each other's calls. So we have this kind of semi-permanent thing going. It kind of made it feel more like this is going to be a long-term situation because we're trying to establish long-term solutions for working in the same room and same house with each other, which is weird. Um, but super fortunate that I'm getting paid and that um, my, mm. even though my retirement accounts are tanking, that I am young and I don't need that money soon and that I have the money and flexibility to be able to handle all of this. So yeah, pretty fortunate mm. overall. There are a lot of people, including a lot of my, our staff and families that I work with that are struggling significantly more with this. Yeah. What about you girls? Who wants to go first? Well, <clears throat> I'm very fortunate. I mean, I was able to take advantage of the paid 30-day self-quarantine, so it's really the best position that I could be at, you know. I don't have to work. I don't have to be out, you know, and subjected to everything and mm-hmm. still getting paid and getting a lot of good stuff done around the house I like finally for once in my adult life feel like I'm like almost on top of doing laundry don't get used to it you did make a cake and it looks so pretty I gave some fancy Hannah Banana how's everything going for you yeah tell us your uh it's weird because I'm doing everything that I would be doing in my normal life because I'm still going to work I'm an essential employee Finally, I'm getting paid a living wage because I'm still working, so I'm getting a $3 an hour raise. It's as not like... going to last. No, Save I it. know. Oh, I'm going to. <laughs> but I'm getting, like, hazard pay for still going. 
the people who have decided to stay and work through this, like we have had training, we have a timer that goes off every 30 minutes where we all have to wash our hands and we have to sanitize like door handles, the handles to the bars. Awesome. The um we the, like window, the, we have to sanitize that. We have and, the headset um, program so that every 30 minutes it says, please wash your hands. Oh <laughs> please change sanitizer. <laughs> Salem, how's it been going for you? Yeah. Well, I'm still working. So it's not really kind of like Hannah said, my life, my routine in my life has not changed really at all. I'm going to work pretty much the same hours. I came home early one day last week because we're slow. But, you know, same days off, same work days. It's weird because my routine isn't really that different, but I know everything has changed. And then my way my work is set up now is totally different. And that's really stressful. So, All right. Well, it's time for our effed up drink corner. Since we're all stuck at home by ourselves, we each made our own quarantini today um, with whatever alcohol we felt like. So we'll each take turns going around and telling you what our drinks are. Um, so I'll start. I made the greeny quarantini. Ooh. <laughs> I did not have a martini glass, so it's in a margarita glass. Um, <laughs> and it consists of probably about, oh, I'd say maybe eight ounces of orange juice, eight ounces of white wine. I happened to have Moscato. And then however much Midori was left in the bottle that I had. So <laughs> <laughs> it was about an inch worth, whatever that means. I just poured it in with the rest. So that's my greeny quarantini. It's there very green. Nice. All right, Hannah, what are you drinking? I am just drinking peach vodka. <laughs> All and right. I have a peach green iced tea from Starbucks. And... I'm mixing that with like a little bit of Sprite that I had at home still. So well, it's like res- a weird Long Island iced tea type thing. I don't really know. <laughs> it's resourcefulness though. That's the point of this, right? Like we're quarantined. Yeah. We can't like carefully yeah. craft no. <laughs> right. special ingredients. Sit. You just got to figure it out with what you have. And I like your resourcefulness. So yours so. is yours is yours the peachy quarantini? The peachy quarantini. A Long Island iced Quarantini. Long, uh, a long, long <laughs> quarantini. Oh, that's good. So, Kelly, what are you drinking? So, I am drinking. I took, I may have been a little silly with this, and I'm already thinking, I love it. I'm already embarrassed. I'm already Don't embarrassed. Do it. But, okay. So, I was trying to channel Jessica because Jessica always makes our drinks, and she always does like half. Well, not always, but often a lot of her drinks. So she's trying to think of ways to mix beers and ciders because that's where the original inspiration came with our Dragon Slayer and Dragon Lover. So she Mm -hmm. often will do like half of this really beer, cool beer, and she'll pair it all fancy with half of this cider, and it's really great. So I was trying to figure out how to replicate one of Jessica's drinks with what I had on hand in my house. And what I had on hand was a box of dry rosé from Boda Box, which is my favorite, one of my favorite wines. And a bunch of White Claw ciders. And so I took half a glass of dry rosé from Box and the raspberry White Claw cider. Because that was the first one I grabbed out of the box. And I mixed them <laughs> together. And then, so also Jessica always names her drinks really, like, fancily. And they're often dragon-themed. And so my drink, um, Smog, is a famous dragon from <laughs> yes. The Hobbit. 
my drink is the isolation of smog. <laughs> the desolation of smog. That's cute. Love it. Isolated. So I put way too much energy into that. <laughs> oh, of wine I, I, I'm happy about it. I love it. I just want to say, White Claws aren't ciders, they're seltzers. That's what I meant. Oh, have I, did I say cider? <laughs> this said cider. Said yeah, that's okay. That's <laughs> what you're well, always with the cider. But I really did mean seltzer. So I took half a glass of dry rosé Boda Box with the raspberry White Claw seltzer and made okay. this delicious, refreshing, summery isolation of small. I love it, yes. Yeah, I love that. All it's right, not now. a quarantini though, it's but no, but it's still I got it isolation in it. All right, and it's got dragon in it too. Here we go. So my quarantini, I started out well. Okay, here's what I was gonna do. I used to have, I don't know where they went. I used to have these little, uh, like emergency, like passion fruit packets, and I was like searching for them. Don't know where they went. I must have used them all. But then I found Kool Aid in my house. <laughs> so what I did is I took a couple cubes of sugar like sugar cubes and then some kool-aid i poured two shots of vodka in and then i like muddled it together this one's strawberry kiwi right and then i had a strawberry lemonade truly that i poured in and some strawberry lemonade like just like regular simply strawberry lemonade poured on top and that's pretty good and then i made an orange mango version so a couple cubes of sugar (laughs) some orange kool-aid and then two shots of vodka the mango lemonade truly and then orange juice on top and they're both really good and they're my quarantini <laughs> beach edition because they're both really beachy. nice i was like carrying them in and i was like these are both so colorful i feel like i should be laying on a beach a beachy but, like, quarantini beachy quarantini just to clarify when you said a little bit of kool-aid not actually made kool-aid just the kool-aid powder just the kool-aid powder because i mixed it instead of oh. like the actual yeah Instead so you of, like the... using actual Kool Aid, like you gotta use vodka. So the vodka, Kool-Aid. the sugar, and the powder. So I, Kool-Aid. Yeah, I put the sugar cubes at the bottom, and then just like sprinkled a little bit of Kool Aid in, just like eyeballed it. My heart led me, and then I a couple <laughs> shots. I mixed it all together so that it was like a little sugar mixture, and then added the truly to it, and then it dissolved the rest. Um, I did add a secret ingredient, which is like dissolvable THC powder, so I'm going to be really, really fun for this podcast today. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, that's, that. that's the name of this podcast, right? My heart led me. <laughs> Salem, what you drinking? All right, so I'm drinking. My choices that I had in the house were tequila and Merlot. And so George... Yuck. He had to go. I he know. did not mix those together. No, to make oh, thank God. I mean, you do a shot and then drink some Merlot, and yeah. it's still a little weird. But um, <laughs> George had to get out because he had to help his folks with their furnace. So on his way back, he stopped at Seven Eleven, and I just asked him to bring. I asked him to bring me home just like a cider, just like a single cider. But he said they didn't have any, and so he brought me home some seltzer, so and a Red Bull, and then the seltzer that he brought home was Corona. <laughs> Corona hard seltzer. I'm using the cherry flavored right now. I actually really like those. How is it, Salem? Is it good? It tastes pretty good. I mean, it's just like a seltzer mixed with a Red Bull. No, oh, yeah. I like that yeah, orange, okay. you know, it's pretty. But the name for mine is the Dre Corona Teeny. 
Draco <laughs> for dragon, Corona Tini. Good job, did you just make that up? Yes, I did. I just Kelly made it up dragon. right now. Yes, <laughs> I was just gonna call it the Corona Tini. I like but, that. I like the Drake Corona Tini. See, and I didn't have dragon in my name this week, guys. <laughs> you didn't, yeah. Jess. But I assumed that the green was for a dragon. Like, greeny yeah. represents a dragon. Are we ready to get into my story? We are ready. Yeah. You guys don't even know what the story is about no. at all. You. So today I'm going to tell you the story of Kenny Veach and the M Cave. The M? Like the letter M? The letter M. The letter M. Huh. And then cave. Okay. Like a cave. Like a whole like, ground. This sounds like an encyclopedia brown book or something. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let me tell you about Kenny Veach. So Kenny Veach, and it's V, it's like beach, like Bell's Drinks, but with a V. Um, Kenny Veach loved the outdoors, and he regularly spent time hiking and exploring the wilderness outside of Las Vegas, Nevada, where he lived. He was experienced with solo hiking and camping with minimal supplies and without GPS maps or a compass, even within the extreme conditions of the Mojave and Great Basin Desert areas. So many experienced outdoors people would have called him reckless, but he said, I always make it back. So he's a bit of an adventurer. <clears throat> Kenny described his adventures in this way. I solo hike across mountaintops that most people wouldn't dare go. I have been in more caves than I can count. I play with rattlesnakes for fun. I have been doing this sort of thing for over 20 years. I go where no one goes and I never take anyone with me. I find skulls of all shapes and sizes and occasionally I find really old animal traps. I hike over mountaintop after mountaintop and sleep on peaks under the stars. Sometimes I have to scale giant cliffs to get myself out of a jam, but I always make it back. I'm beat up and tired, and my pack is almost always heavier than when I left. So he was, yeah, he, he, I think he thought a little highly of himself and his adventures, but I don't know. I hear that, and I'm kind of like, I want to go camping and scaling mountain peaks. Like, that sounds <laughs> fun. It sounds cool. He, he, he said he was very safe. He said, I only had to be rescued one time by a helicopter. I had blown up my left leg at the top of a mountain, and I only had a cup of water left to get me 20 miles back to my truck. It that was wasn't also very good planning. No, it wasn't. It was also over a hundred degrees out. But then he said, So I have a very good safety record because that was the only time that he had to be rescued <laughs> by a helicopter. You know, I'm sure that there are a lot of explorers who never had to be rescued by a helicopter. So yeah. <laughs> I mean one might say if you brought a little more than one cup of water <laughs> on your big long hike, you might have been a little more prepared. Um, but he'd done a lot of adventuring, and he had a lot of experience, and he always made it back, is what he said. So, in 2014, he was 47 years old. He'd already had a lot of experience with the outdoors. And at this time, he found his way into a YouTube comments section, which is a great place to be oh, yeah. in the world. <laughs> That's where, like, every evil person lives in the YouTube <laughs> comment sections. <laughs> and I, like, 90%, I feel like, of this story takes place in this YouTube comment section. <laughs> and the other 10% out in the wilderness of Nevada. That might, The ratios might be off there, but something like that. Um, so he was on, in the comment section of a video about Area 51, because that's in Nevada. And the video was a son of an Area 51 technician talking about some of the weird things he had heard from his dad when he was a child. 
So Kenny chimed in in the comments and he said, this ain't nothing. I am a long distance hiker. One time during one of my hikes out by Nellis Air Force Base, I found a hidden cave. The entrance to the cave was shaped like a perfect capital M. I always enter every cave I find. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> but who doesn't, right? Who doesn't? Great right. motto. I always enter... Fine. I've I've never seen a cave I haven't been in. Um, Yeah, so I always enter every cave I find, but as I began to enter this particular cave, my whole body began to vibrate. The closer I got to the cave entrance, the worse the vibrating became. Suddenly, I became very scared and hightailed it out of there. That was one of the strangest things that ever happened to me. Hmm. So did he not go in it then? So he he's did a liar. not go in it. He's he, a liar. Well, <laughs> he said, "I always enter every cave I find, but this one apparently. Apparently, this I was mean, the only cave he ever didn't." Enter. I mean, I mean, I understand the vibrating he, body thing. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, yeah. bodies shouldn't vibrate in that way, or should they? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but he I left. That out. He left the cave. He did not go, and he's in this Area 51 YouTube comments board, and he's like, hey, man, I had this weird experience at a cave once. Isn't that cool? Well, as you and I probably both know, YouTube <laughs> comment sections are not like, yeah, man, that was cool. Thanks for sharing your story. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. not how it goes. <laughs> so some of the people who were super skeptical were also kind of super jer- jerks. Um, some of the comments were actually deleted, but you can see Kenny's responses to them if you go on today. And so you can kind of gather that they were probably not super nice based on him kind of becoming a little defensive about it. So he it generally showed that they were questioning whether he was telling the truth and encouraging him to go back out to get proof. So he responded to one person saying, this one particular cave was beyond anything I had ever encountered. Someday I will go back and I will bring a weapon with me. All I had at the time was a knife <laughs> and a wrist rocket. Which a wrist rocket? <laughs> yeah, what's that? What is that? I googled it. <laughs> it is just a slingshot, but I think it's uh, kind of fun that he well, called it a wrist, a wrist rocket. rocket. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. But also, it's, is a knife not a weapon? That's what a I was just going to say. And a slingshot is a weapon, too. No, you are right. A knife is a weapon, and so is a wrist rocket. But apparently it was not enough of a weapon. He did say that, like, hey, maybe it was just a mountain lion. He said something like, and my sixth sense was just telling me it was maybe a mountain lion. So I think he didn't know <laughs> what it was. He actually, actually, here's a quote. He said, so all these people are saying, um, are you going to go back? Are you going to go back? You got to get proof. So he said, I am going back. I have a very nice video camera. I am not into filming blurry images of the ground. That's because some asshole was like, you better go back and film it and not just blurry images and blurry ground running around. It needs to be real or whatever. So he was like, I will film it. He said, I will film what I saw. I can't say that it will be interesting. Maybe it's just a strange looking cave that has a mountain lion living in it. It should be sometime this week. I will have my nine millimeter with me this time, just in case. Last time I was unarmed. It's a 10-hour hike, no trails, very dangerous terrain. The mountain is located right next to a bombing range. I have found some giant empty rounds of ammo before. I have just been waiting for the Vegas weather to cool down. It's not the kind of hike one would do in the summer. I hope it turns out to be something crazy. That would be so cool. <laughs> so he's get, he's definitely getting a little defensive, and a lot of his posts are kind of like, no, really, I'm cool. I do all this shit all the time. I can hike stuff. I climb mm-hmm. mountains. Um, but also people are jerks and he really does climb mountains all the time. So maybe he is kind of so cool. His his entire the reason that he commented is because it was on 
like a video of someone who said that their dad worked at Area 51 and he was saying that there was like weird stuff in there or was the guy that he was posting on the comment or on the video of saying that there wasn't anything weird about Area 51? I'm confused no. about that. No, that's a good question. So I think the I just kind of skimmed through the video. It was just this interview of a guy talking about kind of his weird ass experiences and things he'd heard about when his dad was growing up and like various things about his dad's experiences. And I think that it was the way he phrased it to start his initial post was that ain't nothing. I think if I can find where it is, oh, this wow. ain't nothing. I did this whole thing and this is what happened. Also, just oh, okay. so you know, Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada, a part or Air Force Range, this whole area within the Air Force Range is Area 51. And he was hiking right outside of the Air Force Range near it. Um, so I think that that's his connection is he's like, oh, you're talking Area 51. I had this weird ass experience. The stuff this guy's talking about is nothing. Let me tell you my thing. So he's okay. a braggart. I mean, based on some of his, like, defensive, like, I climb mountains all the time, he's a little bit of a bragger. I think that people were jerks and he felt a little defensive and he kind of felt like he needed to be. But his initial motivation, yeah, yeah was probably well, being but, a little bit of a bragger. Well, but yeah, I mean, his first post before anybody was mean to him was, that ain't nothing. I'm better than you. Check out mm -hmm. my experience. But I do think, like, we have those moments where it's, like, Salem's talking about, like, this weird thing that happened to her. And then Hannah's going to be like, oh, my gosh, this weird thing happened to me this yeah. one time. And it's, like, we want to do it in a way that feels like it's camaraderie. Like, we're like, wow, that's crazy. And also this. And also this. Some people yeah. are better at doing that than others. Some people come off yeah. like assholes. On the internet, like, I feel like a lot of people's goals is to be the most interesting person. And mm -hmm. so... Even if it's, like, entirely intentional or not, I think that a lot of people can come across as, like, oh, but I'm so interesting because of this. And, like, not intentionally trying to put yeah. the other person down, but that's what happens. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I also think the comment sections aren't always even for the person in the video. Like, this was an interview yeah. of some guy. So, like, you might be more likely in a comment section to be like, oh, that guy's story, meh, meh rather than like you're not necessarily saying hey your story is stupid and mine's better you're just starting to jump into the comments section and engage with other people outside yeah. of that so i like to think that he was just a little socially awkward didn't quite know mm -hmm. the best way to to kind of share his experiences with the world and a little maybe the conceited is the word that's coming to my mind but that sounds too strong like just like confident okay so while some people were assholes and being like, I don't believe you, go back out and get proof, some people were like, ooh, why were you feeling all weird? And they were starting to speculate about those weird feelings he was having. So this is where I took a major detour into like a two hour long rabbit hole <laughs> that I do not have time to share with you now. I love <laughs> Give us the short version. Well, I think I'm going to, yeah, I'll try. But I think what I really want to do is encourage you all to please go to angelfire.com slash trek, T-R-E-K, slash caver, C-A-V-E-R. Or just Google Ted's Cave, and the first link is the one. And the Creepypasta wiki will have the story, but they stole it from this guy's page. The Angel Fire is the original page from 2001. Okay. So basically, let okay. me tell you what this okay. is. So we're talking about this guy who can't go into a cave because his body starts vibrating. 
So in some of the comments on various forums I was digging in, I found links to this account because people found that it's similar to the story that we're telling today. And so basically it is a caver's experience in the depths of a cave in Utah. And so he's actually like a um, real like spelunker, essentially. This story tells the account of him and a buddy actually trying to expand in a passage in the cave so they're actually like drilling into it so that they can get deeper into the cave so it's completely terrifying and it it just really makes you wonder about what might be hiding down in the miles and miles of completely mm -hmm. unexplored terrain underneath our massive mountains so here's the deal. So like part of it is like the technical, like, oh, we were doing this to expand this passage. And then it gets into some weird ass shit. So I encourage you to read it. It is okay. really, really amazing. I'm so excited. It could be its own podcast, but it's too close in topic for me to do it again too quickly. So I'd rather just lump it into this and have you all okay. read it. I'd love a quick little like touch in on it in the future so yeah. we can discuss on what you think the reality Ooh. to fantasy line is, like what you think and what maybe you find out when you do some Googling afterwards about it. Um, but it's a really, really interesting story. So this guy, Ted, and his experience was quite different than, or possibly different, we don't really know the details, than the experience of Kenny. But it's a very interesting read, a really good thing for you to dig into and to make you think about maybe what happened in this cave and like maybe why did Kenny feel the way that he felt. However, most of the YouTube commenters, their speculation kind of went in a different direction. And that was a little less mystical and a little more like, what is the government hiding from me conspiracy. Um, because the Nellis Air Force range was right on the edge of where this guy was hiking. And Area 51 is not too far away. And so people really speculated on what governmental technology might be out there that might have caused him to have these feelings that he had. So, um, sorry, I'm looking at my notes. So yeah. I the say, real quick, I feel like... Area 51 is under so much, like, lock and key. Like, you can't even get within, like, a hundred miles of the actual Air Force base without there being a stop with guards that you have to go past and, like, have to show all of your credentials to. That outside of the base itself and outside of this Air Force base, like, that's wild to think that they would let anything slip past to be where civilians can be walking around. Like, that's just unheard of, especially for Area 51. Yeah, so I'm really glad you brought that up, actually, because that really illustrates, like, what the, like, where this is in the landscape. So Area 51, there's actually a really great map that I can send you all. So you are absolutely right. The Area 51 is a very small section. However, the Nellis Air Force range, where they did military testing and training, that is an area that is a little bit broader and might have come up against where he might have been hiking into this wilderness. The, but anyway, the idea is that if they're the Nellis Air Force range where they're doing various testing, particularly if it is technological testing of various technologies, yes, I just said a variation of the word technology twice <laughs> in one sentence, then the idea could be that certain effects could be filtering out to impact other people or maybe way, 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 way down deep within that cave. It went to some area that, that was then underneath the Nellis Air Force range. So various ideas in that regard started coming out. The truth of that 
I don't know. We can dig into that or other people can dig into that. Like, is there, is that plausible? Is it likely? I don't really know. So if you look at people at home, if you look at this map that Alam's gonna link, or if you Google mm -hmm. Nellis Air Force Base, it's like the second link that comes up. It's just an image and it shows that within it, there's this little area that's called Area 51, but then all around it, there's an Air Force range. And then you can see down in the bottom right corner is Las Vegas. And he was coming out of Las Vegas, probably in that area, the Desert National Wildlife Range, Maybe even, I'd have to look at the map and really align it, but I think the area to the right of the map, to the right of the Air Force range would have been more where he was hiking, um, but okay. pretty close to the Air Force range. I think if I'm thinking this through correctly, it would be like that red line right on the right of the Air Force range would have been around the area that he would have been going for the sheep mountain, sheep, sheep range. Who really knows what's going on out there in those hills? Yeah. But people were thinking and they speculated um, that he may have strayed into some anti-personnel security measure. So maybe this was like a certain waves to keep you from going into that cave because you're along the boundaries. Or that there was a sonic weapon operating at a non-audible frequency. Deep down That's in there. a real thing, though. I know. Or <laughs> possibly an electromagnetic field designed to interfere with the human nervous system. So all these things could have been tests happening within the wilderness or security measures to prevent people from getting down in there. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the sonic weapon is like a thing that the government has tested multiple times that like that is something that they are actually trying to make. And there's like blueprints for it and there's like patents for our certain sonic weapons that like you can look up and see that this is actually something that the government has like tried to go into so that is like very believable on my end yeah that, like, that could be the reason because you put it at a certain frequency and then people just get really uncomfortable yep. and really sick yeah. and so they leave which sounds a yeah. lot like this this guy with the cave that if like he was just feeling uncomfortable he would leave and then he didn't want to be there exactly yeah. there was some sort of thing where some countries were trying to put a frequency that only young people could hear to keep teenagers from loitering around oh so like those sorts of things if you're an, um, if you're the american government and you need to test this where are you going to test it well maybe out in the middle of nowhere nevada where you have all this secure space and all yeah. these caves and all this like this area that you can can do weird stuff. So, or maybe there are aliens hiding in there and it's just the security measures keeping people out. Like, I don't know, like it's, maybe it's all weird conspiracy theories. Maybe no. there's truth to it. I don't know. So anyway, these people were either saying that you're a dummy and you don't have proof or they were saying maybe it's the government. And so Kenny took kind of the pressure of them saying like, you need to go back, you need to go back. And so he said, okay, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna find it again. He went back out to the cave to try to find it and to try to go inside. He then came back and updated all of the people in the Area 51 YouTube, because apparently we just keep having conversations under this Area 51 video for eternity. <laughs> I guess that's the new, like, message board room to hang out in. If he's talking yeah. about this mad game, he has to come back and show these guys who, like, doubted him. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe that didn't work out so well for him. He also <laughs> posted a video of his hike. He posted it himself. But first he came back 
to the message to the comments section and commented. So he spent 10 hours out in the desert and mountains, but he did not find the caves. So his report back was, I got back from a 10 hour hike yesterday. I completely searched the whole damned canyon. I could not relocate the cave. I found a tarantula, a tortoise, and a ram, but I could not find the cave. I don't know if you have ever climbed up and down a mountain for 10 hours, but it wore me out. All I got out of it were some nice photos and a big bag full of pinion nuts. This is the perfect time of year to find pinion nuts. So he posted this video and I watched the entire 20 minute video and that's basically what it was. Him trying to find a canyon and picking up pinion nuts. So it starts, his video starts at an old mine shaft that is already about three and a half miles into his hike, but that's where he starts his video. He films down into the shaft and he's pointing out various pieces of the landscape all around him. And he's saying, this is the direction that I'm gonna be going in so that I can try and find this cave. As he's hiking, he's talking about the very limited amounts of supplies that he has. And he's, he says he tries to hike as much of the hike as possible using like the least amount of supplies which I think is not, like, logical <laughs> as, like, so an outdoorsy person. Um, but he has this idea that he's trying to, to push his body to, like, the point where he's almost in trouble to help him know that point so that in the future when he is in trouble, he'll know when he's really in trouble and then he'll have his resources to help him. I guess. I don't know. He said he hiked like the whole thing with like a little bit of water and a candy bar. And I'm sorry, but a 10 hour hike in the wilderness, like, no, you don't do that. Especially yeah. in the deserts of Nevada. Yes, yeah. so this is like October, but still in the deserts of Nevada, no. Yeah. It's one thing to like test your limits, but like at least like bring something to be prepared. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like his whole like, I don't use GPS. I don't use maps. I go out entirely on my own. Like solo hiking is not the safest thing to do. I don't use much of my supplies. Like there's definitely an element of like, I can handle anything and, and it's dangerous. Like there's no outdoors enthusiast in the world that would tell you, yes, that's how you should do it. Like no, like legitimate experienced, like guide type person who would tell you that's how you should do it. So he's got some issues there. A little stupid, a little overenthusiastic <laughs> to prove himself in the wilderness. And I don't think it's the best path. But he keeps saying on this message board that he always comes back. So I don't know. <laughs> so he also, in this video that he posts about his hunt to find this cave, he does get really super excited about the pinion seeds. And he films for like three minutes of him like picking up these seeds, oh these pines. Pine <laughs> They're pine nuts. And he's picking up pine nuts off the ground. And he's very, very excited about it. So that was kind of cute to see, I guess. <laughs> he, um, he was filming a bunch of small caves as he was walking around. And one part he was filming right along... Well, I don't, it was like a wall or a rock face, but he also like called things different things than I understand as a Coloradan. Like he would call things canyons when they just kind of looked like maybe slight valleys or he would call like the mountains mountains when they kind of looked like hills. So it's hard for me to even call this <laughs> like a rock face because it was kind of just like this like person tall rock. I, I don't know. But like this whole like rock face area that he was filming um, as he was going by one part of it, he was saying that the cave was in an area just like this. And so he needs to try to be paying attention and not miss it because it was like just like this. But he didn't find anything. 
he kept walking. He got really excited about some animals that he saw, which was kind of cute, I guess. And then he was completely out of the rocky terrain, and he kind of looked back into this rocky terrain saying, his quote was, well, I did not find the cave. That is so weird. I mean, I thought for sure I was just going to be able to find it. I remember it being fairly easy. Who knows? So then he came back out of the canyon, and he's posting on this message board. He did not find the cave. He kind of thought, I mean, he thought it was weird. Like, he acknowledged, like, I really thought it was there. So where did this cave go? Like, how could he not find it? Yeah. So the commenters on the Area 51 video were still assholes, and they were still saying that he was full of shit or that he needed to go back again. One commenter, as these other people are saying, go back, you need to go back, said ominously said no do not go back there if you find that cave entrance don't go in if you do you won't get out mm, that's that was, crazy this yeah. you know what this sounds that like that could be anybody though it could be like anyone that, yeah this sounds like an arg though it i thought of that like so many times like, <laughs> i thought that of that true. so many times and i don't but, know if it's because like since james and i did our story on args that like i literally think everything is an arg <laughs> and like that's just how my brain is working right now totally. but the fact that like strangers are posting and like yeah. trying to get in on it like that is something that is so very grounded in alternate reality mm-hmm. games and then also the fact that a lot of this takes place on a youtube comment board yeah. like that yeah. is also very much ARG like it's weird so yeah one person commented that and then he responded with what makes you say that and that person never commented again so like could just be like a weird asshole just chiming in who knows yeah. Yeah. Been a troll. yeah. but Kenny um he was kind of getting goaded at this point he was not going to heed that person's warning he was really responding to those people saying you need to get proof so his lat his almost last comment in the thread i will tell you his actual last comment was responding to an asshole about pooping his pants and so he's made some comments about (laughs) about not even he said not even a urine sprinkle whatever (laughs) (laughs) the but the much more poignant last comment technically second to last comment was this one he says i'm going again this weekend i will be hiking solo for three days i plan on covering about 40 miles i will cross through the same canyon where i found the cave if i don't find it again i will just continue hiking over mountain after mountain to the north of the canyon i dare any of the people that like to run their mouths on here to join me my hikes are brutal on the body after one of my long hikes some of my toenails turn black and fall off i lose about 13 pounds of body weight it takes me about three days to recover from the abuse i put myself through but i love every minute of it there's no guarantee that i will find the cave again the region that i cover is vast there are many caves i have been in hundreds of them the m cave is the only cave i ever feared going inside i really want to find it again crazy what belly he goes i want to you know i lose like 13 pounds it takes me like three days to recover well maybe if you didn't bring more than a half a bottle of water and a fucking yeah yeah i know and that's (laughs) that's why i wanted to read the whole thing because it's like super poignant that he's like i'm gonna go back out there and i'm gonna find it this thing that terrifies me but also i think that his like bravado really illustrates the type of person he is and like the sort of mentality that would go back out into this wilderness again so that's why i wanted to read that whole quote that's so funny (laughs) all right um, I can't really be sure when he posted that because you can't have specific timestamps on comments. It just says five years ago. But around that time, on November 10th, 2014, he set off for an overnight hike and he was never seen again. 
Oh. Yeah. He doesn't always come back. He always come back. This is going to lead us into our break, and then we'll maybe talk, talk about what maybe happened. So here is one of his quotes from YouTube that will lead us into our break. I am a solo hiker. I don't take people with me because oftentimes what I'm doing is extremely dangerous. I don't need to be thinking about anyone but myself when I'm out in the mountains. I don't use a compass. I don't normally carry a gun. I like hunting with my wrist rocket. <laughs> I have been doing this sort of thing for over 20 years. I always make it back. If the day ever arrives that I don't make it back, well, at least I died doing what I wanted to do, not what someone else wanted me to do. Oh, snap. To that. Hey. So there's our break. I got to pee. I got to pee. Go quarantine. Go quarantine. All right, I'm ready. Are you guys ready? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay, we're back. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, Kenny. Kenny was this guy, and he went missing after hiking in the wilderness and trying to find a mysterious cave. Kenny Beach. That was shaped like an M. Beach. Kenny Beach. Yeah, that's his name. Okay, so Kenny Beach. Um, So, when he did not return from his hike, the authorities began searching for him. And his girlfriend later shared that over 30 search and rescue... Wait, he had a girlfriend? Yes. That's, that's weird. That's, like, the most surprising thing about this whole story. <laughs> I find that mean. Girlfriend? I find that mean. Did she go on weird hikes with him? Yeah, he, she went he on hikes missing, with him. guys. He is missing. She was just... A, everyone deserves love, guys. Do they... <laughs> Right. Not everyone. Right. Most people deserve love. Most, <laughs> Most people. Did Ted Bundy deserve love? Okay, his girlfriend, he had a girlfriend, shared that over 30 search and rescue workers searched three different times on foot through all the area, and they had a helicopter flyover, and they couldn't find him. They did find his car right where his girlfriend expected it to be, and his cell phone was found by the mine shaft where he recorded his last video in front of. So his video where he went on the hike trying to find the cave started at this mine shaft that was like three and a half miles into the hike. And he started talking there and was pointing out, like, looked down the mine and was pointing out all the landscapes. That's where his cell phone was found. So this implies that he was going into that same area where he had been to look for the M cave. Um, so this may have been the same trip that he talked about on the YouTubes to say, like, I'm going back, guys. I'm going to find it this time. I'm going back. He said on YouTube, I'm going back in a few days and I'm going to find it. So this could have yeah. been that trip. So he was going in. the. Obviously, he was going in the same area as the hike that he took that he filmed to go to the M cave because he was at the mine shaft where he filmed his video and he left his phone there so he said in his comments that it was rare for him to take the same hike twice so the fact that his phone was found in the same place as where he had filmed this video and where he'd already taken a previous hike before to find the cave really implies that he was there for a reason he wasn't just on a hike and happened to be in the same area he had to have been going for that cave if yeah like why else would he be there However, on this hike, he did not bring his video camera. So his girlfriend thought he was never planning to film any of this. He did have his regular camera, which, you know, it's 2014. Like, presumably you could take video on your regular camera. He had his phone until he left it at the mineshaft. 
but he did not have his actual video camera. In the comments, he after you know after he couldn't find the cave and he went back to the comments he kind of got pretty upset and he got really defensive and one comment he said was i guess i need to start posting the videos of my hikes and of me catching rattlesnakes and critters then people like you would stop doubting me so it seems like he was upset and he wouldn't have gone back to the cave without his video camera because then he wouldn't have had the proof to show people on the youtubes so and i did it on purpose that time (laughs) (laughs) prove how cool and ironic I am the YouTubes (laughs) so what happened to him we don't really know what happened to him did he go intentionally out to find the cave if so why did he not take the video camera and if he was not going out to film then why did he go back into that area so um, his phone was found by the mine but there was no evidence that he had fallen down in the mine or that it had even been disturbed However, we have to think about the fact that he was kind of a little over-enthusiastic, and there are a lot of things that could have caused an accident along the way. He mentioned that there were mountain lions in the area. There's lots of steep terrain he could have fallen down. So it's possible that something happened. It's risky to hike alone out there without those supplies. He could have fallen. He could have hurt himself. His girlfriend thinks that she said months after he disappeared that she thinks he committed suicide. She said he had battled depression for a number of years and would not take medication or see a doctor. He had also quit his job the year before and he'd been stressed about his money and business situation. She thinks that he left his phone at the mine shaft shaft so he couldn't be tracked by GPS and he walked into the wilderness to kill himself. That's sad. So super sad. sad. One piece of making fun of him. Well, you mostly made fun of me, so it's okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> you're still alive. I'm just a jerk. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. So one thing that kind of lends credence to this idea, he had actually previously been the person to discover the body of his father who had committed suicide. And he had said, I guess, at that time, his girlfriend reported that he said that he would not have ever wanted anyone in his family to ever discover his body. He did have a daughter. He had a granddaughter. So that makes you think that if he wanted to kill himself, the best way to do it is to go off into the woods and to never be seen again so that no one would ever find him, to leave his phone behind so GPS could not track him and to be in a place where no one could ever find him. Maybe there was some sort of, I want to go find this cave for my own need now because it's gotten to be such a big thing. I'm not going to film it because I'm never coming out of here, but I have to know if I can find it. That could be. Or maybe... you think it could be foul play? Well, I mean, he could have gotten to, into a place where the government or someone else wanted to silence him and get him out of the way. Yeah. Or he could have gotten into, in, he could have found the cave again. Maybe he found the cave and who knows what's in there. Maybe he had an experience similar to other people who have been in caves, like the Ted story that y'all read. And maybe something happened to him that was something that took ended up taking his life. It does make me sad to think about his depression and about his defensiveness on YouTube and how the like disbelief and the bullying of other commenters could have like pushed him a little bit, which is obviously a super um, real thing that is happening nowadays well, frequently. I also forgot that he was like 47. And so like, you know, the whole like trolling thing, like it's one thing for me to like go on the internet and be like, oh, that guy's a troll, you know, but like for somebody who's like almost 50, to be like just like wholeheartedly commenting on the internet and then for a bunch of people to just like make fun of them and then to not like realize like oh that person's just a troll you know yeah. like 
Yeah, they may not catch that. I think it's weird that his cell phone was found outside of the cave. Well, it wasn't the well, cave, it... right? It was just the mine that he started his last video at. Yeah, because so... he couldn't find the cave. He didn't know where the cave was. But the mine shaft was the location prior to him kind of starting up this, I don't know, he called things canyons. I don't know, this little valley area, creek bed area that went back into the rocky place where there were more, more caves. Okay. So he left it there either intentionally, like, I don't need to film this. I'm not coming back out accidentally. Like, maybe he's there hanging out at a place that's usually a, a breather. It. And he set it down and then he started walking again, honestly, just completely forgot about it. Yeah, um, that could be. But the I aliens like... wouldn't let him take it with I... him. And that's mm-hmm. why people think, or his girlfriend anyway thinks, like this wasn't about this, like proving mm-hmm. to YouTube that he found it. This was either a, well, here's what I think. I'll tell you what I think. I think that it's clear he was in the same area that, that he had been to to find this cave, and he doesn't often hike same areas before. I don't know if this mine shaft was maybe at the base of a lot of different routes that he could take. And so it's like common for him to go up to the mine shaft and go elsewhere. But based on the information I have, I think he was going for the cave. However, that doesn't mean he was going for the cave to film it and prove it to YouTube. I think this was much more personal at this point in time. And it was more like maybe he did commit suicide out there. Maybe he knew he was going to commit suicide. But the fact that he didn't take his phone just further... Like, that's a little more evidence on the side of suicide. He wasn't looking to prove this to anyone. He wasn't caring about the YouTube thing anymore. Mm -hmm. He was in his own place for whatever reasons. Either not caring about the cave at all or trying to find this for his own reasons. Yeah, I think that based on how the cave made him feel before, he was determined to go in but knew that if he went in, he wouldn't come back. That's what I was gonna say. Is yeah. that it was like a like a suicide, but in like a I'm gonna figure out what this I'm, is. What this I mean, is. they're gonna die. might not come back, and that might be you know a casualty that I'm willing to take, kind of thing. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. a need to figure out what's going on out there. Yeah. So yeah, and all of that would assume that he could find the cave. So Kenny aside, rest in peace wherever you are, Kenny. But Kenny aside, like, is this cave real? And if it's real, where is this cave? So there have been some people who have been kind of watching in Kenny's videos and, like, going on their hikes themselves and trying to figure out where would this cave have been. So, like, just as a reminder, he has no video from the first time he went. The only video he has is from the time where he was trying to recreate that trip to find the cave again, and he was unsuccessful. However, in that video... Um, some people have watched that and they have come to the conclusion that the cave has been intentionally covered up and was actually exactly where Kenny thought it was all along. That he was not forgetful. He wasn't like unable to find it. He wasn't this crazy mountain man. Like they watched this video and they noticed that some of the rock in the area where he was searching looked weird and unnatural. So right at that time when Kenny had been kind of filming the rock face and saying it was in an area just like this, people like paused the video right there and saw that there was this section that looked unnatural and not, um, well, not natural, unnatural and not natural. It was foul play. That makes me think that it was foul play. Like somebody planted that phone there. Like, that was like a, you're not going to find this cave. You're not going to find anything. 
It exactly. Was foul play. No, the government's <laughs> that, behind this. The government's behind this. I I don't know. It just so, so much resembled ARG that they haven't come out and said is an ARG. Not to say that this is an ARG, but it is just so reminiscent. Salem, what do you think? <laughs> my my question is. Um, are there records? I'm sure you probably didn't go this far into it, but are there records of this guy's death that he actually yeah. lived and that he actually died? Because if that's the case, it's not an ARG or that yeah. he's actually yeah. missing. Like I would so, like we could look up police records. We could look for that kind of stuff and we can No, I have of, it. You don't need to look. So the oh. <laughs> so like not to ruin the story, but the fact is that one, this is not like widespread enough to be an ARG. It's very, very like deep. There's this is one comments thread with like 300 comments in it. Okay. This is not substantial. This was on a very small scale. Doesn't mean that it couldn't be an ARG, but it was on a pretty small scale. However, the larger pieces of data that have come out, so this was 2014. I'll go in the order of less convincing to most convincing. 2014, the in 2019 is when this one guy in particular went out and was doing a lot of digging into this. That's quite a long time with nothing happening in between the initial, like people are talking about it. A lot of the people in the comments thread didn't even know, like nothing in the comments thread even says that this guy went missing. It was like such a, like it just faded off, like a real thing in the real world would have done. And no one followed up on it. And then three years later, there's people four years wait math five years later <laughs> there's people <laughs> who are like going out trying to investigate this so it's just not likely that but then the bigger pieces of data is that there actually was news articles at the time of someone going to search for the or of the people going to search for this guy and of the finding of the cell phone and he is currently listed in the national registry of missing persons which you can only get listed in when a local authority like the police department detectives file for a person to be listed in that. So he was a real person. He is really missing. And the details around that, we can have all sorts of conspiracy theories, but it probably wasn't an ARG conspiracy theory level, more just yeah. other government conspiracy level. Yeah. Very clearly a government conspiracy. But thank you, Belly. It could, still be, it could still be a conspiracy. Just because yes. it's not an ARG doesn't mean it's not a conspiracy. Do you want to hear about the conspiracy? Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. So this one guy, this one YouTuber went out to the same location as Kenny to film, as Kenny filmed his video. And he went to that same spot where Kenny had been walking along filming the rocks and said it was an area just like this. And where everyone said, that doesn't look right. It doesn't look natural. And he went out to that exact same place and he filmed his own inspection of that area. And he thinks that it is very clear that the cave, the M cave, has been filled in and covered up in that exact area where Kenny had been filming. Oh. And here are his reasons. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to try and give these reasons as convincingly as possible without any other thoughts that I might have about their <laughs> validity. So <laughs> here are his reasons. So he says that in the cracks, like along, there are these big chunks of rock, kind of separate chunks of rock in this area. And if you look in the cracks around these separate chunks of rock, you can see way back in there, like there's a hole back in behind these big chunks of rock. Like it's um, a it, facade. Like there's maybe a cave behind these rocks. Like it's a facade. Like maybe it's like, like a, a facade. face. Like yeah. Like yeah. the face of something. Yeah. He yeah. also said there are kind of different colors and types of, of rocks in there. And he says that the cracks like don't match up with each other and they don't like align. 
He also said that he noticed something that kind of looks like a sealant, like a seam of sorts along the bottom of the rocks. And he says that it looks like white, like it's some sort of substance that was put there. And he also says that there is a place where it looks like a big chunk of rock fell off, but that rock is no longer sitting anywhere around there. So he believes that that rock was picked up and used to fill the cave. Okay. And now I will say, hold on, I'm going to say this first, and then I'll go back through and share some additional points on that. This guy also says, I don't have a degree in geology, but this is a freaking covered up M cave. So, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, right. totally <laughs> credible. You got to believe it, right? It's total truth. But so here are my thoughts. Can we in ask this Ellen about all of this because she has a degree in geology? <laughs> Maybe we should. But here's my thoughts in response to all of his reasons why he thinks that this is a cave. So he says there's a hole behind and, and you can like see back in the cave behind in these cracks. But I say there are caves and cracks everywhere. It is highly likely that there's a cave back behind some rocks that we can't even see. And as things start to crack, that's how caves are formed. So I think that's kind of yeah. bullshit. They, he said there were like the different like colors and types of stone that weren't quite lining up with each other. But I think that erosion and breakage of rocks does weird things. And I really think that there are tons of different types of rocks all pushed into each other all over. That's where being a geologist actually would matter. I can't tell you that, but he certainly can't either. Well, and even, even when we went out um, and we did that tour of the fucking Blanchard Caves when we went out to Arkansas the last time, even them just talking about the way that they discovered these different rooms and the the way that they discovered the cave, like that alone saying that like, it doesn't look like this lines up, blah, blah, blah. Like that doesn't necessarily mean that it's man-made. So the other points that he brought up as like reasons, he said he noticed that sealant or whatever, the white stuff along the seam. However, then he started like pointing it out like in a bunch of places all over. And I don't know if he thinks that they like constructed the entire mountainside, but like that doesn't seem, I don't know. He was just like, oh, here it is again, like in a totally different area. Like, oh, so maybe that's a natural formation that you just don't understand. He's not a geologist is what it comes down to. However, I will say, the last point where he said that it looks like there's a place where big rock fell off and there was nowhere that rock was, I actually kind of agree with that. Because this is BLM land. They're supposed to not maintain it. He's not even supposed to be messing with it. BLM? Bureau of Land Management. Oh. A nice BLM, bacon, lettuce, and mutton. Okay. So I do think that the last point of like this giant chunk of rock falling off and it not being there, I don't know what the rules are in this particular land in BLM land, but he kept saying that he wasn't allowed to shift anything or to touch anything or to push too much on any of the rock or to mess anything up. So the idea that a big chunk of rock would fall off of another chunk of rock and would disappear, like where did that go? So the one piece of evidence that might support that they did fill this hole would be if these there was actually two big areas where rock could have fallen off and that would have been enough rock to have filled the front of this hole where he was pointing it out and so maybe it's true that this was a government place and they wanted to seal this up so that people wouldn't come find themselves down that cave so okay. you don't really know yeah i will say one other point of evidence that he seemed to give was as he was walking away 
he started feeling very, very sick. His words were, something hit me. I don't know if it's a psychic attack, but he ended up throwing up as he was walking away. And so he was like, I, like this doesn't usually happen. What is going on? I would like to point out that he said at the beginning of his own video that it was 103 degrees outside and that he, he said after he threw up that he hadn't really eaten much and he started trying to eat something and then after trying to eat something, that was when he threw up. So oh. I think it's the damn desert. And it's <laughs> All signs yeah. to a psychic <laughs> attack. Yeah, I would say so. Well, you know, if somebody says they think it's a psychic attack, it has to be a psychic attack, right? Of course. I mean, what else would it be? Of course. Now, what we have left is Kenny Veach has not been discovered and he left in November of 2014 so five and a half years and he has not been found presumed dead at this point in time um the cave has never been found that anyone has known unless you include this spot where people say that it is the covered up cage cave so is that where the m cave is is that a covered up spot is the military the reason that it's covered? Is the military hiding something in there? Or was the cave yeah. in an entirely different area? And this is completely separate from that? Are people just looking at rocks and trying to see what they want to see? Who knows? The question knows. remains. Oh my, the God, they, end. oh my God, they killed Kenny. Oh no! <laughs> Time for happy thoughts? I think it is time for happy thoughts. That was a good story, Kelly. I liked your story. Good story. It was so really good. I want to go first. Kelly okay. wants to go first. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks. Here's my happy thoughts. My two happy thoughts are, I am really grateful that I have found coping mechanisms during this time. And I'm really grateful that, um, you know, some people who are like in recovery from addiction, this is like extra hard for them because their coping mechanisms are like much harder to access when you're in isolation and don't have that connection. And we can sit here and make a lot of jokes about drinking a lot of booze, which I am doing because I'm both drinking <laughs> a lot of booze you know. and making a lot of jokes. But for some people, that is not um, an option. And so mm -hmm. I think I am thankful that I can enjoy alcohol in a way that does not like compromise my like that yeah. I can use it, but not as a coping mechanism and that I can use it in a way that is safe. So I'm mm -hmm. super grateful for that because I enjoy my alcohol. But also I have sushi downstairs and the world has sushi, Jealous. guys. So Ooh! if you ever <laughs> feel you sad because of all this stuff going on, just remember we live in a world with sushi and Thai food. And that's my happy thought. I'll do a happy thought. Next okay, happy my thought. happy thought is a joke I heard that was not made up by Evie. So I just want to make that clear. It was not made up by Evie. I hear her yelling. So I was talking. So I was talking to my friend, and she was like, oh, "I look like crap." I looked at her. And I said, "No, out of ten, you're an eight. Urinate. Urinate. Oh, I get it. <laughs> that joke was not made up by Evie at all. It was not made up by 11 and a half year old Evie at all. I love her. I miss her. <laughs> this, oh. is, this is my life in quarantine, guys. <laughs> Kelly chugs the rest of her drink. Yep. All right, Belly. Happy thoughts. All right. My thing that doesn't suck. Well, I mean, Kyle is one of them, you know. I feel like awesome. we can get through this, you know, whatever. 
Um, also, just like doing this, like I've been really looking forward to this. Like it's been really hard for me to be so isolated and yeah. to not see you guys. Like I said earlier, like not being able to hug mom yesterday was like really hard. I miss you guys a lot, but you know, yeah. I'm just trying to take it day by day to grow it. I'm thankful that I have a job that I'm always going to be able to go back to and I'm getting paid. Almost. I almost cried. Shut up, Jess. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's almost 420. The whole month is 420 and I'm thankful for that. So, Woo! whatever. Thinking the don't suck. Yeah, All right. Who <laughs> else? Me. I'm the last one, right? No, Salem hasn't gone. So you go, Hannah, and I'll go last. Okay, my thing that doesn't suck is that I still have a job, which Yay! is great. I'm not unemployed, which is a lot better than a lot of the people that I am friends with. Most of them are employed by like like drive-through places that have closed down their drive-through, and so they don't have any jobs right now. So I'm at least thankful that I have a job. That's my thing that doesn't suck. Why are you laughing at me? I'm talking to myself. you guys. I love it. All right, Salem, what's your thing that doesn't suck? I got a pee so bad. My thing that doesn't suck. I have two. Kelly had two, so I can have two. My first thing that doesn't suck is I'm seeing Hannah so drunk, and it's hilarious. And I hope you're not hurting too bad tomorrow, honey. Drink some water and take some ibuprofen before you go to sleep. My second thing that doesn't suck is puzzles. Because while I have not really changed my life routine, I have recently gotten into puzzles just because I like puzzles. Gotten back back into puzzles. And we are now doing a 3,000-piece world map puzzle that apparently is rare because we tried to find a replacement for it because i'm pretty sure some pieces are missing but that's okay we've decided since we can't find it anywhere we're gonna put it together and we're gonna do weird artistic shit with the places that the pieces are missing so it's gonna be this crazy like 3d art project that we're doing (laughs) so you'll get pictures of our disaster once it's done but it just really makes me excited because I love puzzles. And I love my husband because he loves puzzles as much as I do. And Aww. that's all I... Those are three, things, three things that don't suck. I'm I'm thankful for having this podcast with you all. And for my sushi, I gotta go. I've gotta pee and now okay, miss sushi. All right. So I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you guys. Love you. Bye. Hey, Nana. Bye. I'll be just saying. Okay, Yay. good. I love you. I love you guys.